Welcome to episode 110 of Forging the Journey, where we discuss the joys and struggles of our entrepreneurial journey. I'm Greg Davis. And I'm still Jared Dobb. Yeah, it's been a couple weeks. I haven't seen you. We've been we've been slammed. What have you been up to, man? Well, I don't know. It's been kind of a whirlwind, to be honest. It's probably the fastest paced last couple weeks I think I've had in a long time. I'll put it that way. It has been just a period of lots of testing, refining, growth, just a lot of cool stuff, but we can dive into that. Um, what have you been up to? Um, I've been doing a lot of traveling lately. I've been in, gosh, I've been in Alabama, Mississippi. Uh, so let back up just, just a hair. So, <clears throat> um, there's a, there's a show called the Ohio Tactical Officers Association. And, and you've been to that show before. It's, it, yep. it's been a while, but you've, you've been there before. So, um, Look to look forward to it every year because it's at Kalahari, which is a massive indoor and outdoor water park. So it's one of those trips that it's it's an hour from us. One of those trips is just a super easy trip to make into a family trip. Uh, so we go up on a Sunday, and then I'll spend all day Sunday, pretty much all day Monday in the water park with the family. Monday night, we'll go set up the booth. Then we do the show all day Tuesday. This year, we also did another trip back to back. I've been testing something out this year, and that is putting putting things back to back to try to to try to kind of like batch batch trips together instead of spreading them out and being on a bunch of weeks uh, trying to put things together. So we wrapped up the show at like five o'clock. <clears throat> on that Tuesday, tore down the display, which is which is kind of a whole other story. So, we ordered a new uh, ten foot by twenty foot display, mostly for shot show, but we used it at OTOA just to kind of give us a practice run with it. So we got that that torn down. Thankfully, again, this the show's an hour away, so we were able to get it torn down and get home at a decent time. Then I basically did laundry, repacked my bags, and then. Me and Dusty flew down to Alabama and filmed with Trigger Time TV uh, through Thursday and then flew back on, on Friday. Uh, so that week, I was I was gone. I was toast. And then I don't remember last week. <clears throat> I think last week was, like, was also a short week for some reason. Uh, it, was, it was Father's Day, so we... Took the family camping this this last weekend, <clears throat> and then actually, I am leaving Thursday morning this week to go camping again with the family and some friends of ours. So, um, I, I, I've been mixing in work trips, family trips, work trips at our family trips, and that sort of thing. And then, um, luckily, I'm going to have I don't know three or four weeks before I'm going to then be gone. I have stuff back to back three weeks in a row. This happens every summer. Like I'm, if you if you look back on our podcasts last summer, I think there was that there was a stretch where I just I, I'm slammed because I try to uh, things just yeah things up things end up happening that way where where 
or trips and events just kind of all happen in the, in the same, in the same short time timeline. Yeah. And my summers usually tend to be as far as trips, pretty minimal, I would say, but I need to go on more vacations. I need to get away. Something I'm still working on. Yeah. It's, it's so hot. It's so hot, dude. I hate it. I, <laughs> I honestly hate going on vacations in the summer. It's just too hot. Yeah. I'd rather just be at home. I love when you get to the end of August. And also that's a super busy time if you're traveling. So you also have to take that into consideration depending on where you want to go. But I'm also not really like a, a beach person. I mean, I like the beach, but it's not my first choice. I'm more of like disappear into a tiny cabin in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So fall and spring and winter are like the three times that if I feel like disappearing, that's probably when I'm most likely to do that. Oh, I'd, I'd much rather do that too. But with kids in school, it really gives us like 10 weeks during the summer of viable family trip opportunity. But uh, speaking of tiny cabin in the woods, that's exactly where we went this weekend. I'm not going to go super in depth with this, but uh, there's a, the shotgun club that I belong to has, they're on like three, 400 acres or something like that. They have a couple cabins on the property that were moved from, I think West Virginia that were built in the 1800s. They were moved on the property and set up there and they are so cool. And they have them placed in the, just in, in, in the, in the perfect place. If, if you want to see pictures of it, if you go to my personal Instagram, which is Greg Davis, G R A I G D A V I S. If you go to there, you, you can see some pictures, but <clears throat> it's just, it's just 200 year old cabin. There's no electric, no gas, no water, anything like that. Um, so you're basically camping in a cabin, but there is, I mean, they have like a, a propane stove inside and they, and, and they have a sink just with a five gallon water jug on the side of it. So, and honestly, those little things just make the experience a lot easier because you don't have to bring those things like we normally do when we're camping, but, uh, just awesome. 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 We sat on the, the porch and there's a pond out front and there's a big tree with a swing. So my dog's just swimming laps in the pond nonstop. My kids are laying in the hammock or swinging on the swing or I don't know. It's just, that's my dream is to basically live like that all the time. Just, just, just me and my family. Nobody else on within 300 acres. And hey, just, nobody's stopping you, man. You just got to go do it. It's the, no, there, there, there's a, there's one big thing that's stopping me. It's being able to afford it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> to I mean, a, the... to afford a house on, on, uh, on acreage like that. Uh, I don't, I don't have that kind of money. You just need to, just need to live rough. You need to plant your own food farm. And you'll make it. Yeah. It'll be all right. If you just, uh, honestly, you probably have some sort of squatters laws or something in well, Ohio. Or I was just going to say, like, squat I squat down for seven years. <laughs> well, I was telling my wife, I was like, what if we just moved in here and didn't leave? What are they going to do? Yeah, technically, they probably can't kick you out. <laughs> you just need to make it like seven years. And uh, you'll be uh, going down to the courthouse signing deeds over in your name for some lakefront property. There we go. 
Yeah, we we did go on a trip last week. So just kind of doing a quick recap of where we we are at. We decided a couple weeks ago to really start, I should say a couple months ago, to really focus on the YouTube end of things on uh, TA's YouTube. So over the last couple of months, we've been building up content, which has been a really strange experience because we've been building massive amounts of content and not releasing it. And that feels super weird to like know you have, like at this point, we have content for the YouTube that we can post long form content twice a week through the end of August. And sitting back and looking at that, it almost feels I don't know. I just feel strange. I'm so used to creating content and you post the content, create the video, you post the video. And so we've been doing things a little bit different at this point. And we hadn't, you know, for the first two months or so had not released anything to YouTube. We've had stuff uploaded private, but then we finally started releasing it. And it's been a really cool experience because we went from, I don't know, 1200 subscribers to we're closing on 6,000 in the last week and a half wow and the one of the last videos we just did crested over 160,000 views and it's like there's just a massive amount of growth happening over on youtube so on on one hand that's been a lot of work behind the scenes but it feels really really good because we're you know there's a risk there was a risk in building up that amount of content spending that amount of time doing this stuff um, but yeah, it's definitely, definitely paying off because the, one of my biggest frustrations, I'll lay out exactly why I wanted to push the YouTube and grow it. If you jump on our YouTube, you're going to see, we transitioned away from say products, our own product videos to other stuff, shooting <clears throat> drills, other products. And the biggest frustration that I have is we drop really awesome product videos on our YouTube and nobody sees them. And so we kind of did a step back to go a step forward so that next time I drop a new product video, we're going to hit 10,000 subscribers or 15,000 subscribers or whatever. So it's something I wish I would have done. And I didn't really have the ability to do it right a couple of years ago, but I wish I would have focused more on the YouTube game um, doing what we're doing now. But with, you know, back before we had Brenton and John, there was no way that I could tap into the quality um, of what these guys are putting in. So that was, uh, that's a big focus of ours. And we have something really awesome. Like we shot our first movie, which is probably the most exciting thing that I think we've done. I like, I can't explain how cool I think this is going to be just because we have so much, so much skill among our marketing team right now that we were able to actually sit down and say, Hey, we're actually making a, a legit movie and this is what we're, we're going to do it. So it's more like a trailer. It's like a four or five minute video, Yeah, but it'll be something that'll drop around the 4th of July just as a happy freedom day kind of thing. That's awesome. But so, we went up, up on a trip, yeah. a three day trip last week. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we ended up putting in like, uh, it was an obscene amount of hours, like 18 hours a day for those three days because we just got two sets of binos. We got another new PVS 14. 
So we have two PVS-14s, two sets of binos, three helmets, bunch of thermal. And we have a rifle set up with a PVS-30, which is a, it's like a Gen 3 night vision monocular, but you mount it in front of any magnified optic. So essentially you take any long range rifle, put this night vision scope in front of your scope and you can see at night and shoot at night. Um, so we shot this video. We had Paul black iron gunner up at the cabin for three days with us. Um, essentially done. We did a ton. We have like six or seven long form videos for YouTube that we're working on now and then shot this trailer. But we also bought about a week and a half ago, an IR it's essentially, we took my Canon EOS R same camera. You see all of our photography and, and vi most of our videography. Now we're using the R5, but um, a lot of our videography and stuff is shot on that EOS R sent it out to a company in Washington and had them do a full spectrum, uh, IR conversion. So essentially what that means is this camera can now see all wavelengths of light, even stuff that our eyes can't see. So that means when we're shooting 4k, this is crazy. We're shooting 4k video and you see lasers and you see IR illuminators and you can see like our blinking IR helmet designators. And like, you just see stuff that is incredible. And it also allows us to you know, obviously capture the night vision stuff that we wanted to capture. So the, the closest thing that I, I think the only other person I've ever seen do content like this, what we just did is T-Rex. They have IR converted cameras as well. Yeah. And you'll see in some of their content that you'll see lasers and stuff on targets. And, and that's how you do that. You can't, can't just do that with a regular camera. So this has been a, a very interesting last couple of weeks. And I feel like, you know, it's kind of, you know, segueing into our topic that we're going to talk about in a couple of minutes coming out of like some, some major failures with figuring out planning and content and communication and all that stuff. I feel like our team is getting into a, a really solid routine where we're seeing topics that we can talk about. And that's kind of what my job description is right now. I'm coming up with what is the topic that's going to be something people are searching for. What is the topic that's going to position TA as a source of information as whatever. <clears throat> and then essentially I present these ideas to the team. We talk about it, script it out, game plan it and run with it. It's been cool to see that come to fruition. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's, that's a lot of good stuff. If you don't mind, let me back up real quick to talking about um, your your YouTube content and, and what you've what you've decided to start focusing on, which is basic gear reviews. Um, sort of, sort of, sort of. So me and Dusty have spent a lot of time talking about about content and 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 that we would like to get more into you uh youtube content i I would love to I would, I would love to i would love to figure out something um to film for youtube and like whether it's a series or or something but um 
the frustrating thing to me is it seems like and i don't know if this is if this is just the easiest thing or if it's actually what people want so it does the best but when i go back and i look through my videos we've only done a couple gear reviews but those gear review videos that i did um like blow away everything else on our channel Besides maybe a couple of videos that we did with like Pat Mac or something like that, where you're, where you're with somebody that's, that's like, you know, like a bigger name. Um, my frustration with that is I don't have a company that makes products that like, I don't go through all that just so I can review other people's products. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. No, you know, like that's, that's, that's a, a huge that's a huge frustration of mine is is like, yeah, we could film and do some great gear reviews. I'm I'm kind of a gear nut. I have a bunch of stuff that I bought or has been given to me. And I could I could do a whole gear review channel. But A, there's already a bunch of gear review channels out there. B, like I said, I'm not I don't I didn't go through all this and create a company so that I can talk, talk about other people's products. So what's like, what's your take on that? And what's your, yeah. Like what's your take on that? Most of the videos that you're going to see coming out are training related. And that'll be a good example is like that backpack video we just did. Now it mm -hmm. happens to have Vertex bags in it. That's fine. You know, Dan sent them over to us, but that video doesn't talk about those bags that video is not about those bags it's about why us as a company feel we feel like people should consider carrying a rifle with them so positioning in my mind and, and we're still refining this some of these are just me wanting to position ta as an entity that is presenting information to people i want people coming to our company because they want info intel they want to hear us talking about culture they want to hear us talking about carrying and basic drills and whatever and if it gets into i don't know more complex shooting or whatever we have content lined up with instructors that have a ton of experience that i feel could talk to, on things better than i can pulling those kinds of people together to use the platform to get good information out to people there's definitely an aspect that if you give people something for free and it's a value there is loyalty that is built. I've been a, I have been, I've, I don't know the right word. I've, I was going to say victim, but it's not a victim, but I've, I've experienced that myself where a company, it appears that they're pouring into you, they provide you good value, good information, and then you become loyal to that company. And so will you find a video on TA where we're saying, Hey, go buy this product? No, you, you probably won't. You won't see and honestly, that's where John and I originally came up with the box to bullseye idea because people are constantly asking us, hey, what do you think about this gun? What do you think about this piece of gear? What do you think about that thing? And I wrestled for a long time because I don't want TA to be a review page. I don't want TA to be a, like, I don't want people to click on it and say, oh, Jared's probably going to review the next newest, greatest gear thing. That was what Keystone Carry was all about, was testing and playing and, and talking and honestly, in the future, that might be still how we use Keystone Carry because uh, that page currently sits idle and that's at something like 21,000 subscribers and I don't do anything with it. So to me, that's big enough to, to use and I should be using it to further the goals of the company. So the box of bullseye idea was us saying, 
there's definitely a need for YouTube reviews of shooters where they're people that are actually shooting the gun. There's so many review pages out there where somebody goes to the range for one day and they're just not shooters. They are not people that are out there truly training and trying to run guns. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't get offended by that. I don't think that it's that they have to change what they're doing. But I also know that there's a need for people to jump into that space that are actually training. So that's on one hand um, where I'm at. And then on top of that, the other thing that I'm, uh, you know, we kind of wrestled with is if I take a gun cold out of the box that I've never handled, never shot, or a piece of gear that I've never shot, never handled on the range, it's clearly not a review. It, it can't be a review. I can't, in good faith, tell people, buy this thing. So box of bullseye became this. Okay. So like a good example is Zev sent us out two pistols and you'll see that I didn't like the P320 that came out and I sucked at shooting it. And there were some major flaws that I talked about with that pistol. So it's not necessarily a review. It's more or less taking someone along cold on the range and saying, Hey, if I suck, I'm going to suck. Hey, if this gun runs really good and I really like it, maybe we'll review it in depth. So it's this balancing act where I don't want TA to be this review gear junkie page, but I do think that there's a need for some of these companies to get out and talk about products because we have a different lens that we're seeing stuff through. And also selfishly, the other thing that I'm looking at is if I find trigger points with people and I find that I put out five videos in this topic and they're blowing up. I'm going to figure out how to make that product or I'm going to figure out how to put that product in the market. And that's just something that at this point, I would have never said that with TA previously, but it's also me testing the waters on certain topics to see if I put X amount of something into this, is this going to pay off? And I, I don't know that that's necessarily the path for everybody, but the the frustration that I had, like I, I hinted to a couple minutes ago, is I was dropping videos for products that I thought were really solid videos, and we didn't have a base to reach people. And that is so frustrating when you put all that time into like a falling tree video and it gets a thousand views, and you or a, a vital zone video and it gets three or four thousand views. And it's like, man, if this page was a hundred thousand subs and I dropped that video the potential for me to reach more people on a totally different platform than Instagram or TikTok or Facebook is just going up. And, you know, I'll be the first to know <laughs> yeah. if it was worth it in the end. But I, I feel like with how Instagram is, with uh, how throttled Facebook is, YouTube is also, obviously you see gun pages that are complaining about, you know, getting throttled back or, or getting demonetized on YouTube. Uh, so there's definitely that reality as well. But at the same time, YouTube is like that one search engine that I feel like if you can really hone in on good topics with really high quality content, you can still set yourself apart pretty well. But yeah, time will tell. Yeah, that's good. So yeah, um, we, we, we kind of, started talking about how we were going to talk about this on the last last podcast we did so you had a pretty rough range day and i've had these before too 
Uh, um, but I'd love to hear like what happened. What did you learn from it? What can we learn from it? Yeah, I, I had a uh, very rough range day. It's probably about a month ago. Now uh, we actually got to the point where we labeled it chaos range day on all of our, it's like every, every time we come back from a content shoot, we obviously back up the content. We have a, a formula that we use for labeling, dating, organizing content. So this one got named chaos range day. So we went out and I felt like I had a pretty good plan. I'm finding that I feel like I have good plans and I realize that I don't have good plans is kind of how this is going, but just had stuff on paper. It was only 50, I would say 50 to 60% ready for what I was about to talk about. So I wanted to do a video on my battle belt setup because people were, we did an EDC video where I talked about my Glock and what I carry with me and stuff. And in that video, people saw my battle belt and my outside the waistband setup. And truth be told, I don't shoot with that very much. And that's why you just don't see it all that often, but people asked about it. So we, you know, we probably had five or six comments in that one video. So I was like, all right, that's enough comments that I should do a video on that battle belt. So we had that on the plate to shoot. We had semi-auto versus automatic on the video too. It was essentially taking a regular AR-15, putting it up against one of our machine guns with certain drills to show people, is there a difference between a fully automatic firearm versus a semi-automatic and kind of breaking down some myths with the two. Get out to the range day, forgot my battle belt. So like right away, it's like... But we didn't realize I forgot my battle belt because we started shooting the machine gun video and, and kind of giving you guys a little bit of, of a background. This was also the first day that I had John and Brenton together on the range day. So we were, we were going to do an A camera and a B camera. So two of our guys were tied up with me, plus obviously my time. Get to the range and first I wanted to test fire the machine gun we call giggles and giggles would not run at all like full auto would not cycle it just every round just jam so i spent probably an hour maybe an hour and a half trying to get this machine gun to run you know in the midst of this couldn't get it to run so we shot two intro videos which was fine that was still valuable we we got those done try let the let the gun cool tried to you know, shoot again with select fires. It still wouldn't cycle. Major pain in the butt. Spent another hour probably screwing around with it. Switched to ammo. Tried to get this thing to run. It just would not run. So obviously we had to scrap that range day. We spent probably a total of three or four hours just screwing around with that machine gun with Brenton and John. Just kind of, I didn't really have anything for them to do. So then I was like, all right, whatever. Forget it. We'll just do the battle belt video. So then I'm looking around, I'm like, where's my battle belt? And it turns out that I left the battle belt at the office in my haste of getting out. So then we all looked at each other. And on top of that, I had told everybody, hey, let's just pile in my Jeep and I'll drive out together. And my Jeep, you need like a, you need like a PhD in mechanical engineering just to drive my Jeep. 
because it's a diesel swab. There's so much weird, like you can't just turn the key and drive it like a normal vehicle. You'll blow it up. But so essentially we burned an entire day and through all of that hecticness, I got into like mental gridlock where I could not decide what the next move was. You know, is there another video we could shoot that we have with gear that we already have on hand? It was just a lot of me looking at my notes and, and just spinning my wheels. And looking back, you might say that that was just an innocent mistake. And you could say, okay, we well, didn't, I mean, the machine gun did run the range day before. So we had tested it. It did. So is it my fault that the machine gun didn't run? No, it's not. It's just one of those things. The battle belt thing, definitely my fault. But what I realized is that still was a major failure on my part as a leader because I didn't plan properly. I didn't have a backup backup plan. And it just, from the optics of me kind of spinning my wheels and not being decisive and making a call, just looked bad on my part. So is it the biggest deal? No, it wasn't the biggest deal, but I walked away feeling pretty dumb from that range day because all it would have taken as a leader was me saying, okay, well, this sucks. Machine gun doesn't run. Cool. Forgot the battle about cool. Either we just go back to the office and be productive and other stuff, or here's five drills that we can just run real quick. Yeah. It's not the most exciting content, but we can drop it on Instagram and, and call it a day. And that's just one thing that as we've been creating more and more content, I feel like I didn't struggle with in the past, but it's just the indecisiveness of what to shoot, when to shoot, when to post, you know, it, it, there's just a lot. There's been a mental toll. Although we've been creating uh, a lot of solid content, there's a, a mental toll with that that's, that was kind of unforeseen to me. So, yeah, it was just a bad range day. But at the same time, there's definitely things that I could have done uh, just to make sure that there was at least some kind of fallback plan. It just sucks when you tie up two of your guys for yeah. an entire day for 10 hours or whatever. And we could have been doing other stuff that's productive. Yeah. So I, I, th I've got a similar thing. I think I shared some of it on the podcast a little while ago, but basically we got to the range, which our range is 45 minutes away. So it's not like we just drove down the road to do this. Like it takes, <clears throat> it takes some planning for us to go to the range. So, um, and, and we go to the range, you know pretty often have for years so in my head i have a pretty solid thing of what we need to pack to do because i because i do it so much so i pack everything up <clears throat> and we get to the range and come to find out that i didn't have memory cards and either of the and i brought two cameras neither one had memory cards um the stuff that we went there to film that day so I'm trying to think i remember I just done a triggered job on my staccato and I, and I basically I swapped some parts cause I took, a, I took apart one staccato to look at while I was working on the other ended up putting wrong part in the wrong gun. So my staccato didn't work. Um, this was before we launched the sling. 
we had rifles with us, but they had our slings on it. We weren't ready to film those. So we couldn't really get any rifle stuff. The pistol, which I should have brought more pistols, <clears throat> but basically the pistol I brought didn't work. And I think that was also the same day that Dusty had a horrible morning because he basically screwed up um, lasering some of the wood trays that we were working on at the time, which that was my, which I take responsibility for that because I didn't specify exactly what I wanted as far as the lasering goes. So, and he didn't ask me, he just lasered what he thought was the right thing, which ended up being the wrong thing. And, um, so we both had, you know, we both had situations, especially, and even recently within the last month or two, where we've where we've dropped the ball on 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 to me, which is which we dropped the ball on being prepared. I'm you know, I'm being correctly equipped for the task that we <clears throat> that we need done. So, like, what do you think? you could have done or or what do you think you're going to do in the future to make sure that that that, that doesn't happen again one of the things that i i'm just realizing i need to work on is confidence and decisiveness and that's i'll give you an example so even this last week up at the cabin i end up you know coming up with ideas and, and i have good content ideas but then I kind of throw stuff at the team, you know, to get feedback, which is good. But then if we get to a point where we don't know, or we all haven't just figured out a path forward, I just need to make a call. And that's one thing that I know I'm, I need to work on and I'm working on now is at some point back and forth ideas are fine. You know, coming up with, you know, throwing ideas to the, the group is fine, but I need to be able to say, okay, I like it. This is what we're doing. Done. Here's the path. Boom. And right or wrong, at this point, I would rather make a call than spin wheels. And I didn't realize how indecisive I am until I've really been analyzing this. It's really just content. It's like around the content. And it's probably because I value it so much. It's because I see so much value in what we're doing. You know, I also value the opinions of John and Brenton because they're both extremely skilled at their craft. So there's a lot of weight on that too. And I definitely don't want to step on anyone's toes and be a dictator saying, this is what we're going to do when other people have really good ideas. So some of this is just me navigating and learning a different world, which we haven't really navigated previously. Uh, the other thing is being able to go with the flow. So you know, your range day, like there's nothing that you could, you can't really, if you don't have cards or the gun doesn't work, like there's not much you can do on our range day. I I had other guns, you know, I had other ammo, I had other tools and it should have been as simple as, okay, that sucks. We're not spending time on the clock with the machine gun. I'm going to do that on my own time. Let's move on. Oh, we don't have a battle belt. Well, that sucks. Let's do some IWB drills. We're going to just do some appendix rig drills. And yeah, we might have touched on them already, but we're just going to shoot them. We're, we're going to do some cold drills. We're going to do build drills, whatever, shooting, moving, transitions, whatever. It should have been that simple. 
where I just pivoted and kept the, the conversation and, and the range day moving forward, but I didn't because I got into a mental gridlock. So some of it's just, you know, next time or as this continues to happen, as we have things that don't go quite the way that we want them to, it's just me being willing and able to drop the perfect idea that I had and just move on to something else. The other thing that I need to start working on is clearly assigning other leaders to certain tasks. And that's just something that I'm, you know, just working on as we grow our team in general is just sometimes offloading certain aspects of the creation to other people. But yeah, no, that's, those definitely all good, good points. And I think I'm going to echo those and say, yes, I need to do those things. And I, th- I, I, I think in the, in the examples that I gave <clears throat> in those, in those situations, I think, um, to me, it comes down to, I need to work on, on preparation. So taking the time to, to make lists for what, for, you know, make checklists. And even though if, if I feel like I've done this checklist a thousand times, I probably need to do it a thousand and one times and thousand and two times. So, um, you know, t- taking the time to make sure that, that I'm prepared and I have everything that I need for the task at hand. And then the other thing that I feel like is a constant, constant thing that everywhere I've worked, it, it has been, it's been an issue and, and I think that I do it well here, but then something like that happens with the tray, um, you know, not getting lazy, right. And I, and I realize, okay, I'm not, I'm not, maybe I'm not doing this as good as I think, which is just communication. And, um, not, not just assuming things I need to, I need to, probably need to over communicate more and ask questions that to me seem stupid and rehash things with people that I may, that, that, that also may seem to be stupid and repetitive, but, um, but I, I don't think you can really, it's it's really hard to over communicate, and I think you I think you can I think you, you can waste time doing you know doing that. But I I I, th- I don't think we're at the point where where we're going to be wasting time over communicating. I don't because I, I think there's things that we're dropping dropping the ball on that could be fixed with better communication. So I, I think those are some of the things that, that we need to work on. It and I do like what you're saying about but you need to. One, getting help, and then two, using that help. You know, if if you have people that you can give tasks to, then give that, give those tasks to them, communicate it well, and then let them do it, and not, yeah, just you know, use that help that you have. So, um, yeah, uh, it's good stuff. It's it's funny because. You know, we have businesses that are maturing into new phases and you start with like one employee and then things are a little rough and then you kind of smooth stuff out and you figure out communication chains. And then you start to realize that as you have 
more than one, things change even more. And what you were doing to communicate well isn't enough. You know, it's not enough to just do what you've been doing. And that's where I'm at is I just kind of do what I'm doing. So I like, I'm aware of my failures. Like I see them. It's just hard to fix things. You know, even when you're aware of things, it's hard to break out of habits and break out of gridlock and break out of all this stuff. So it's just nothing that's holding us back in a really terrible way, but it's definitely not making us as productive as we could be. And so it's obviously my job overseeing this department to find things like that and then figure out solutions for it. Just so happens that that range day, I was the problem, even though other things that I couldn't control were happening. I definitely could have, you know, could have led better in that particular situation. So definitely not, not above admitting that. And I, I did talk to the guys. I, I told them, I was like, I feel really bad because, and I apologize to them because I could have led through that situation better. And like, they're super understanding because from their lens, they saw that stuff wasn't working right. And we, we had a clear plan for these two videos, but I didn't have a backup and, you know, but we're learning as we go. <clears throat> yeah. And that's, and to me, that's the biggest deal. You're, you're, you're going to fail. It's just, that's life. But if, if you don't take the time to, to stop and learn from the failures, then you're just a fool. You're, you're, you're going to keep doing it and you're not going to get better. So it's, it's good to stop and take the time to admit, admit failure and figure out why it happened and then how to stop it from happening again. Yeah. And uh, not to take us totally off the topic, but because we're talking about ranges and things like that, I figured that I would kind of announce something cool that went down. We now have a site B for uh, TA targets, which is pretty rad. Yeah. Tell me about that. So that's about two and a half hours north of our shop. Uh, but we now have 80 acres and a second range that we can shoot all night. That's awesome. At, at all, at all times. It's awesome. It's amazing. <laughs> like that, yeah. that was the biggest holdback we have. We're like getting all this night vision. We want to shoot all this night vision content. It's like, we can't, we can't do that at our current range. We can't, other than using subsonic 300 blackout, it's just too residential. And we had other ranges lined up that we could you know, borrow or take use of, but it's just, it's not the same when you have a public range or something like that. Even if you quote unquote, rent it up, rent out a block for a period of time, it's just not, it's not the same. You just can't, I don't know. You just can't guarantee that it's going to be open to the extent that it needs to be open at any given time. But this particular property, we built a range in what's quite literally a hole in the ground. And it's about hundred yards, hundred yards wide, hundred yards deep. Think of like a hundred yard by hundred yard square. 
that we can run in all directions. We have walls and structures built there. Um, in the content that we're about to drop, there's a big excavator. We called it Killdozer 2. Um, and actually, Ethan owns that excavator. So that's up there. We can use that anytime we need it. Uh, it's, it's pretty rad. We can shoot out to 400 yards on this range. So we were at 3 a.m. We were shooting 400 yards in total darkness. Nice. And it's just oh, it's so incredible. And people will see that. We, you know, when we drop this content, you'll see all of it. Um, we, uh, did you see the drone footage in the Keystone carry story by any no, chance? No, I didn't. I don't even know if it's up anymore, but that's <clears throat> part of site B. I, I bet you it's gone. I'll text it to you then, but it, it's pretty rad. It, it's neat to have a second location. And obviously we're not going to use that as much, you know, it's because it's three hours away, but we will definitely when we use it, it'll be for three days in a row or something like that. Yeah. Uh, we'll just so, go up camp, camp out. I actually always forget. Uh, so one of my good buddies has a range. It goes out to, I think 800 yards and it's about an hour and a half North of me here. And I'm pretty sure we can shoot there all day, all night. Um, yeah, that's what you need. Yeah, you need need to find those places that you can just do what you want, and yeah. that's that's the biggest thing is you know, we have a noise ordinance with where we're at with our range, and it really sucks because it limits what we can do, um, and it's just so residential. Whereas this is a hole in the ground, the closest neighbor's probably a half mile away or more. Um, it's just really nice. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it and the 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 hard part is it like kind of as soon as you get get past about an hour drive, it becomes much more difficult. Oh, to, yeah, you're staying there for a couple of days then. <laughs> yeah, it, it, <laughs> you I mean, to. you don't. Yeah, well, especially if you're gonna shoot into the night. Yeah, you're going to stay the night. Um, you know, with this place being an hour and a half away. Yeah, we could do it and, and and not stay the night, but um but it's not really as viable. Well man, we so one thing, my MacBook's about to die. My cord's over here, so we'll have to call it shortly. But we were up there, we shot at started at like eight in the morning, ended at like around four in the morning. So those are the kind of hours we slept into the through late morning quickly made breakfast and went right back to the range and did it again. And so that's just the reality when you're trying to cram day content and night content, like you would think you would think nighttime content would be easy. Okay. The sun goes down at nine o'clock, nine 30, whatever. It's completely dark, but then you start thinking about it. And by four or 5. AM it's starting to get light again. There's not many hours where there's total darkness where, where you can run night vision effectively. So it, it was a lot crammed into a decent chunk of time, but also it's kind of impressive how little you get done in three days. Like we got a lot done. Don't get me wrong, but people are probably thinking, Oh, you could crank out a hundred videos. And that's just not the case. It, it's far more time consuming than that. Yeah. 
All right, man. Well, your computer's about ready to die. Yeah, I'm at oh. I'm at four uh, percent now. <laughs> well, well, thank you everybody for for listening. Sorry that we haven't been here for a couple weeks. We're glad we're back. Hopefully, we can we can, uh, we can go on a streak here again. Come come end of July, it's gonna be be a little tougher for me, but it'd be good to maybe get a couple of interviews and there's some people in the camp. So maybe we can you know, kind of uh, strap down and try to work on that. So we are, we aren't skipping weeks. For sure. Catch you guys in the next one. Yep. Thank you all.